Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. Now, Kim, we're returning to our conversations about property, as this is a bit of a specialty of yours. Now, you're being sought out more and more to work with clients on their acquisition of property, given that it's a bit of a niche for you, and uh, I'm sure many Accounting Insider listeners, having heard um, our early episodes, have just been lining up at the front of Nitschke Nankara, just getting you to help them. Now, one of them, Kim, a surgeon yeah. client of, of yours, can you tell us a little bit about the backstory to this? So, surgeon client makes um, just shy of two mil a year, yeah. which is great. But every time I sit down with him in May and go through his tax and what he has to pay, he just... It, the numbers are so big that... <laughs> I put it off for a day or so into sitting down and having the conversation about how much tax he has to pay. So last time I think I sat down and it was, it was in the, it was like an amount that is the GDP of a small third world country. <laughs> That's his tax bill. That's his top up tax bill. You know, so he pays instalments during the year and then he's got, so I said, he looked at me and I, he was fine with the number, but I said, look, there's a better way. We need to get you into debt. We need to get you into negative geared property. Let's just explain that a little bit. So we need to move him into properties which actually lose money, but because he's um, paying 50 cents in the dollar or 48.5 cents in the dollar tax, whatever he loses on the property, the government's paying half of that shortfall. Mm -hmm. So if he loses $10,000 a year, it's really only $5,000 a year that comes out of his pocket as... um, as a hard cost. Mm. So effectively, the government is subsidising his loss. Mm. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's, and, and if you get the right property, the flip side of that is it's going up in value. Mm. He's time poor. He said, I'm happy to listen to anything. Now, time went on from that conversation when we sat down and worked out what the tax was, and then he started flicking me emails from buyer's agents interstate and a lot of these guys are a bit like snake oil salesmen. That they're happy, that, you know, the marketing, the pitch to the client is amazing. And he was pretty impressed by some of these guys. And I said, I don't think you want to go down that track. Let's try a different approach. Why don't I help you? And I'd done the research and I said to him, do you realise that using such and such in Melbourne is going to cost this much money? And you don't know where the property is going to end up that you're going to buy. Probably they're going to push you into a property in Brisbane. He came back and said... I don't care. He said, I'm more than happy. I like what you've done with all your properties. Plug me into your system. Beautiful. So next step, did you start searching for the property or or was he looking for property or he just literally handed it all over to you and said, you keep an eye out? He handed it all over to me. But the way that it works in my office is that everybody knows that when good properties come up, we need to have a conversation about them. So Mm. I was driving to the city and Morgan, my graduate accountant, drove past a property which she thought um, would be really interesting for me. So she just sent me a photo of it and a text and said, hey, did you know this one's come up? Now, I'd already seen it, but it was still good Mm. and that she thought of it. The other thing is, too, that 
there's a bit of a pattern evolving with the properties. It's like a mate of mine who's a pilot and he's single and he sends me photos of his girlfriends and they all look the same. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so he'll be in LA and he'll send me a photo of him with his girlfriend in front of the Los Angeles. And then he'll be in a game park in South Africa. And I'll say, oh, is that the photo with you, you know, in the leather jacket in front of the LA sign? And he'll go, no, 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 different girl, but they've got the same look. It's the same with property. Yeah, yeah. They've all, they, they all start looking the same, but they're in different locations, different block sizes and for different purposes. So she must have identified that this property probably fits the look. And they're basically just old character like, like, buildings. Like the pilot, you have a type. I've got a type of property that, I, <laughs> that fits me. <laughs> Incidentally, getting back to his girlfriends, yeah. which is quite interesting. They've all got blonde hair, sunnies, and straight, you know, hair straightened. Yeah. And you can't see their face in the photos, just him and perfect teeth. Convenient. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. But <laughs> it, it's the same principle applies. It's, it's, if you looked at all my properties and lined them up side by side, they all look the same. Mm. They're all 1930s character places, big blocks, close to the city, pretty run down. Okay, so... You guys identify this property. What happens next? So then I touch base with the agent. You've got to put your toe in the water and make contact with the agent and let him know that you're interested. Let him know who you are. Let him know that you've got the money available and you're serious about the property. And then ask him what the price is because agents these days are not allowed to advertise the price because if they get it wrong, they can get sued by people who... um, Sorry, by, by vendors... And also by prospective purchasers, if they've been, if, if the prospective purchaser feels as though they've been misled. So I didn't know what the price was, so I just rang up and said, "Look, I, I noticed that you've listed this mm. property. I'm interested. Um, I'm looking for a property just like that. Can you put me on your list and let me know if anything develops with the property?" Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I, I thought a lot of agents they're too, just too busy nowadays, and they don't ring you back. But he did ring me back. He put me on his database, and then we started a dialogue. So the property started at 890000 and I just thought, that was just way too high. And I said, I actually said to him on the phone, I said, how did you come up with that price? <laughs> <laughs> and his response was, normally agents will say, oh, it's oh, his formula, one. it's oh, based on the market, rah, rah, rah. The one around the corner just sold for yeah, yeah. this, 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 it was a smaller block and I had power lines going over it. He didn't say anything like that. He just said, well, the guy actually paid 720 three or four years ago so if you add interest onto that it comes up to this number and I'm thinking well, that's a really bizarre way yeah, of yeah. coming and, and plus stamp duty and, and I thought that's a really bizarre way of coming up with a number and I said I said to him okay well I think it's overpriced but if anything develops let me know and then I never heard from him mm. but it's still I'm still in the queue I'm still in that um, the whole mix of things so that I'm, I'm expecting potentially that he will ring me mm-hmm. and then over how, what's your time period here when you're dealing with this guy, waiting to hear back, just sitting on it? Well, effectively, it's like I've got an offer there. I haven't got an offer, but I've said I'm interested. So he knows I'm a, a really good prospect for this deal. The, the, the key to this game is being patient. Don't rush in because it all just ends up falling into your lap. So you can't look too keen because he can smell that. And this is a game. 
so I sat back. So it was six months. So this property went on the market in February. So he's ringing me again in August and saying, oh, look, we've adjusted the price. Well, yeah, I'm thinking, surprise, well, no, surprise. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, so it started at 890 plus GST because it's a commercial property. He said, we've lowered the price to 800. I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. And he said, but don't put in a silly offer of 801. I thought, what sort of comments there? <laughs> okay. I said, okay, well, leave it with me. And then I didn't do any more about it. Sat on it again. Sat on it again. So it still wasn't around the mark that you were looking at? No. At this point, did you have a number in mind? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking low sevens. Mm. So we're miles apart. Yeah. You, you know, it's still in the back of my mind but it is such a long shot it's like backing a horse in the Melbourne Cup that's 100 to 1 mm. and thinking it's going to come in some of them do and this one did okay were you while this was going on are you sort of keeping an eye out for other oh, places oh yeah, yeah I've, I'm constantly yeah. whenever I've got spare time I'm going through at night on realcommercial.com and just searching the suburbs and finding out what's coming mm-hmm. up And I'm also doing things as well, like I'm sitting down and I'm working out how far these properties that I'm looking at, and I'm looking at, say, 20 properties at once, thinking they all sort of fit my model. And then I'm working it back with commercial properties especially on how far from the city they are and what is the price per square metre. And when you put that into a spreadsheet, bizarre stuff comes up. Mm. Like I found another property, this is just digressing for a moment, that was two kilometres from the city at like $500 a square metre. Now, this one's seven kilometres from the city and it's $800 a square metre, but it's got a really nice building on it. And as we'll go on, there's something else that comes up that makes it really appealing, but the agent doesn't even know about that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So to continue then, so you, you sit on it again. Mm. You go, right, 800, still not what I'm looking at. And yeah, he, we'll, see, we'll just let it sit there. Yeah, so then he comes back to you again, does he? Yeah, he rings me again. And he says, ah, the price has come down again. And I'm thinking, what's it come down to? And he said, oh, we've dropped it to 760. And I'm thinking, well, the, you know, I thought I wasn't allowed to put an offer in of 801. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're 760. I'm thinking, you know, there's there's cracks in his in in his argument. Yeah, you know, know, so I know that what this is revealing to me too is I'm I'm saying to the agent, I'm saying, have you had anyone approach you who's interested in leasing it? And he said, yeah, we have. We've got someone who's interested in paying 30 grand a year. So every time I'm touching base with him, I'm saying, is that guy still available? And the sign went up and it said for sale or lease. And I'm thinking, well, if I was the owner, I'd probably take the 30 grand. So he's come back when he said 760 in that phone call and said, the owner now wants to sell. And I'm thinking, I've just got red alarm bells going in the back of my mind thinking, this guy's desperate to get the cash. He doesn't want... He's, He's made up his mind that he doesn't want the property anymore because with leases, it just rolls on forever yeah. and ever. You know, you can sign up for a five plus five. So you've locked into having that property or locked into an agreement for, five, for 10 years. 
So he's come back at 760 now and the $30,000 offer to lease is gone. Yeah. So it's less attractive as a purchase deal yep. because you've got to find your own tenant. So now you're thinking, right, this is potentially red hot. So yeah, with the 30,000, I'm thinking, well, that they're probably, maybe that guy might come back mm -hmm. if I did a renovation on it. And at 760 with 30,000 rent, it stacks up. Yeah, so you're, you're starting to brainstorm the possibilities yeah, now. Yeah, so I'm now, I'm now um, I've got out of my car and I've actually walked around the property. I didn't go there with the agent. It's obvious that it's empty. But I've rung the council now. Now, this was the breakthrough point I was referring to before. Okay. I rang, up this, I rang up the council and I said, look, I'm just interested in buying this property. And I said, can you just tell me a bit about it? And they go, oh, well, you need to speak to the duty planner. So he rings me back and he says, oh, we've got some notes on this file. And it was one of, it was in the past we've approved use as a dental surgery. Um, it was, but currently the last tenant was a physio. But look, I've, he said, I've, I found something back six years ago that was an approval for a subdivision that's just been lapsed. I said, that's really interesting. Mm. And so I'm thinking, wow, I can do a mini subdivision on it now. And the agent and the owner aren't aware that this is actually all feasible on that piece of land. Mm. So I rang the, I, I, I was on the phone to the um, council and I said, can I get a copy of that application? And they said, well, it's lapped and it's, it's in old records and, You'll have to fill out an application form and you've got to give a good reason as to why you want it. But we've probably got it if you want it. So anyway, I filled out the form. They rang me two weeks later and they said, that file that you're after has arrived. And I said, does it cost anything? No, it's free. You can come in, you can look at it, but you can't take photos. <laughs> so I waltzed down to the council and had all the, the files laid out and it, it was a residential subdivision that had been approved on the property. I couldn't believe it. So I transcribed all the notes, I redrew the application that the surveyor had lodged, I wrote down his name and his number, because there's no reason that I can't yeah. ring up the surveyor and say, look, can you do for this again? 500 bucks, can you resubmit that application? So all of a sudden, this deal this is, is becoming really, really attractive. <laughs> and the owner and the agent are just oblivious to it. So then, what do you do next? You start crunching the numbers, start getting really serious? So I'm really serious at this point. So I ring up the surgeon and I say, look, I haven't mentioned this property to you before, but can you just have a look, look at it? Just drive past and give me a yay or nay. No strings attached, but this is what the numbers are. Mm. I reckon I'll be able to get it for, you know, 750. I should get, if we spend, a little bit of money on it, tidying it up. It's very unattractive, very unloved. Um, we should be able to get 30 grand a year. And he drove past and he rang me back five minutes later and goes, it's a yay. <laughs> so I knew it was game on. Yeah. So then, in the past I've learnt that you can't just ring up the surgeon, the agent, broker a deal over the phone and put it away. You've got to actually document the deal. You've got to write down every cost associated with acquiring the property, every cost associated with arranging finance, and then there's really two numbers that you want any report on a property to show, and that's what's it going to cost my surgeon per week, 
and what's it going to be worth in 10 years' time? So I mapped all of that out. I got someone on Upwork. Is it Upwork? Yep. Yep. Um, Freelancer website. Freelancer website to use a program called Adobe InDesign. Now, I don't know what that program does. I've just Googled what corporate InDesign... Um, um, you it's know, kind of the, it's the go-to design platform for anyone who knows how to design stuff. Yeah, the, the reason I got onto it was because I, a good friend of mine is an architect and I said, when you're pitching for these multi-million dollar jobs, you know, how do you make your reports look amazing? And he said, oh, that's easy. We just use Adobe InDesign. And I'm thinking, this is like... Every presentation I'd ever done had been in Word. So I just Googled it and I just found all these beautiful-looking sort of corporate-y um, prototypes or proformers that were on mm. Google. And then I picked a couple that I liked, put that in my brief for Upwork. I said, is anyone out there um, that can combine a spreadsheet that I've got? Now, I'd taken this off of another person who's sort of like a property guru who'd sent that as a prospective purchase deal to me for one of my clients about something else and I thought well, I'll take a bit of that I'll take all the numbers and the formulas rework it into my own model which makes more sense to me put it in this glossy look Adobe like a InDesign this type of yeah, yeah and then ship it out to the surgeon which is what I did so it cost me I think in the end $300 to go and that was to come up with a sort of a template for my property designs mm. and then every update he said he'd charge me 30 bucks so effectively if i find a new property and i yep. push it out to another potential customer i'm up for 30 bucks and he'll do it overnight beautiful so i did that and then it was just amazing it had an amazing effect when it landed on the inbox of the surgeon he rang me again 24 hours later and said look this is just great. Let's just go for it. Right, so I put in there, I think I put in the application, yeah, 750 or 740, I couldn't remember, can't remember now, but. So then um, I went back to the agent and I said, right, I want to have a look through. So we looked through and then I know now what to say to the agent when I'm looking through. I'm tapping walls where I know they're going to be hollow. I'm bouncing on floorboards. Um, You've already got this guy eating out of the palm of your hand. Exactly. And so I've had more experience than him, but it's just that his profession is selling. Mm. So when I'm asking him questions, I'm standing in the worst part of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and umming and ahhing. Mm. And oh, then yes. I'm looking at gutters that are overflowing and water piling up against walls and I'm thinking and I'm asking whether he knows anything about how we could get the water away from this part of the house and you know he's not gonna have any idea but I'm just you know <laughs> just um, planting seeds of I'm doubt. planting seeds in his mind to say oh my god this is an awful property the sooner <laughs> we get rid of this the better but I'm asking him to look tell me about the vendor what's his motivation for selling what would be the ideal settlement what stuff can we put in the offer that will make this more attractive to the vendor you know so he's feeding me bits of information which is just gold um and then he told me that they'd accepted an offer for 740 but it fell over because they couldn't arrange the finance or it failed a building inspection report or something which i took on board but i'm thinking um you know <clears throat> you imagine some naive property investor who's thinking that they're going to put in their super fund and they're going in there um, a little bit naively thinking that it's not going to cost um, much to renovate if they use family and friends but 
it was a little bit in on the terms of level of um, difficulty it was a few rungs up above that yeah but I've I've had walls fall down in my buildings. Yes. I've yes. taken on some pretty serious... Uh, listeners, please refer to previous episodes. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I organised the finance. Yeah. And, oh my God, organising finance for doctors is just so easy. So, uh, so long as they're over 18 and they've got a heartbeat, it's like, how much money do you want? <laughs> and at what rate? And so... I pitched it to this surgeon's banker and I said, um, you know, I've got my broking licence, I'd like a, a referral fee or, a, you know, ongoing commission or an upfront. They said, done. And this will all be disclosed, but that was all part of the brief in that Adobe. In, everything I was making was spelt out clearly. Yep. And he was still happy because he knew that in 10 years' time, He'd potentially stood to make five hundred thousand dollars, all as a result of me orchestrating this deal, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm earning good money out of this, mm-hmm. um, and just sorting out his tax. As and well. I'm sorting out his tax, so it's just for him, it's win 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 on every front that you're looking at. So, the waiting game starts again. I put the offer in at seven twenty five, and I said we'll settle in thirty days knowing that the last deal was subject to finance and it fell over. Yeah. I'm thinking this is going to be music to this vendor's ears. And I, I looked up who the vendor was. And in my offer, I said, can you ask such and such whether he'd be happy to accept this? And this is sort of blowing away the agent because he's thinking, how the hell does this guy know the, agent, the owner's name? <laughs> and I'd worked out that he was, you know, in such and such occupation, working in such and such an area. So I'm just alluding to the fact that I'm not naive. Yeah. Look, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm giving you an offer and this is why it's so attractive and I know who owns it and I know who where it works. I know everything about this property like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so, so he came back, he rang me a couple of days later, he said, no, he's not going to accept that. So I just let him sweat it out. Two weeks later, I put in 732,500, knowing that I'll have it in the bag for 740, but I'm still playing the game. My fi- we've, we've ended up, um, we've basically better down the deal at 7.37. Okay. So, but do you see the benefit of waiting? Oh, it's huge. How many people would rush in at 8.90? How many people would rush in at 7.40? Mm. You know, and it's a 60-day settlement, so I go away on my holidays, come back, then we do a renovation, and then we put in our application to split off the back block. Yeah. So you said you liked that idea? With the Loved it. Yeah. In, in fact, I went further than that. I rang my traffic engineer and I said, there's one thing wrong with this property. It's all accessing from the back. We need to put in a driveway at the front. So I rang my traffic engineer and I said, um, look, how do you go, how do you think I'd go putting in another driveway at the front? And she looked it all up on the computer she, you know, they can visualise it all these days. And she said, yeah, that works, that works. I could put a report into council. Done deal. You'll get it. So that changes the whole dynamics and aesthetics of the way that the property works. But it's not complicated. It's just, mm. you know, a crossover, which will cost you know, a bit of concrete, the curbing, 1500 bucks, some pavers, cut down the fence, put in another gate. You know, for two or $3,000, this has become, from what's been regarded as a... Um, commercial property in a great location that's just not working into 
a really good commercial property that works really well with any tenant in a great location. So key lessons, patience, as you've said, research is massive here. Mm. You've, you've gone above and beyond mm. digging deep into this whole project. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the real key to all of this. You, you were just armed with info <laughs> that was just blowing away the agent. Well, technology won the war. Yeah. Didn't it? I mean, and that's, that's my underlying philosophy with all of this. Mm. You need to never underestimate the competition, whether that's the vendor mm. or the agent. You've got to outsmart them. Yeah. You have to know everything back to front. Yeah. And the key is the information's out there. You it have, is. You haven't had to break in and uh, break into the council and you know no. steal files to learn what you've learned. It was you've, free. Yeah. And finding out the owner's name cost nine dollars. Yeah. I mean that's just the detail, isn't it? Just the little details. As we said, you're just planting all these little seeds. Mm. Um, you're not just blasting them in what blasting the agent in one meeting with everything you know it's just seed 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 mm-hmm. over the course of time and I am consciously dealing with the agent as respectfully as possible mm-hmm. making him look good but letting him know that don't mess around with me because I really yeah. know my stuff one in two people that he's dealing with they're probably arrogant dickheads yes sort of that you know Property investor, bravado, chest puffed out, you know, sure. I know everything. So he's probably sure. thinking, oh, this Kim bloke's actually a nice guy. And yeah, he knows his stuff, but he's, a, he's an all right bloke. And, and, and I, you know, I remember going doing the inspection and I introduced the surgeon as just a friend of mine. Mm. You know, so I didn't want him to know that this guy was a surgeon because what does he do to the price? Yeah. Straight away he tells the vendor, he's, he's rubbing his hands together going, mate, this guy's cash. <laughs> this guy's cashed up to the max. Yeah. <laughs> well, another fascinating episode, Kim. A great case study. Uh, looking forward to the next one. So if you want to connect with Kim, visit accountinginsider.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>